quick and we'll jump in. I'm really excited. We have a series actually. I'll announce it in a second. I'm feeling it's been stirring in me for a while now, uh, a long time, and it's just finally feeling like the time. It'll just jump on this train and see how long we ride it. But um, anyway, we're in Pennsylvania. I had to go teach up there, but Randy's school in, in um, is it Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. And you would love this because many of us were on a fast together. Uh, I was with Judah. He, he ran with me. And um, we land in Harrisburg. Yeah. And we're driving to our little town. And um, he, he sees a sign at Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm pretty sure Hershey Chocolate's like headquartered there. And my mind starts going. I'm like forgetting we're on a fast. I'm like, dude, I... <laughs> I'm like, man, I think, let's check our schedule. <laughs> we hit an exit, you know. And, uh, and then the little, the little angel on this shoulder is like, you're in a fast, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, bro, I totally forgot we're on a fast. We can't do that. That'd be foolishness. They're giving out free samples of like Hershey Kisses or something. We can't eat any. Um, but it was precious. One of our third-year students, Margie, she's very special, her and her husband and their family. They're up near there. She caught wind of it, so she sent us a big box of all kind of Hershey's and stuff. And so I got to break into those yet. But if you see me starting to zits and kind of putting on a little bit of... <laughs> I'm teasing. But um, anyway, uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, then Houston. Yeah, Houston last week. Keith, so thankful for Keith. He popped in and uh, was so powerful. I know uh, preached on brokenness. And, and I know Chris earlier this month, so powerful, so thankful just for everyone pouring into the house. And, and you guys, it was awesome. Keith texted me. So I was in, the, I was ministering in Houston, and then me and Judah were in the air when you guys were live. And uh, he texted me towards the tail end. He said, man, I want to tell you just how special this house is. I know it, but a lot, it's just special to hear when people come in constantly. You guys should hear it. Just so proud of you guys, so thankful. The purity the love, the unity, they just constantly, they sense it, they come in. They always, my guest speakers all the time, Michael, Ben, they come sit right back there. They go, man, it feels good in here. The Lord's in here. It's pure. It's clean. I'm like, thank you, Lord. That's all I want. We don't do a whole lot of hype. You may have noticed that by now. We do a lot of hoorah. We on purpose dial all that back. We want him. That's it. We're not going to drag you along with all the glitz and glamour and smoke and mirrors. We want him. And, um, but Keith, same report is really cool. He says, man, they're just so honoring and loving and so special uh, to be there. So that was so good. And then, um, what was it? I was just over in Orlando, yeah, uh, supporting Michael. He had events. I wasn't going to go, but last minute kind of jumped over and supported him. That was really great. And then get back to late Friday. So we've been running, but now you're going to get so tired of me every week, just pounding the word. <laughs> like, can we get a guest speaker in here? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, but I'll, I'll be here for a minute, and I'm just excited. So, yeah, so this was, had been, I'll lay some groundwork. We'll jump in and just see how far we get, kind of excited about it. Many of you know, though, my number one lean-to is always the Holy Spirit runs everything in prayer, in life. I'm not always perfect at it, but you know, Romans 8 says, he who is led by the Spirit that's the true sons and daughters of God. So meaning you can set out on a plan, but when he comes in and steers the wheel, you always defer. That's where life is. So I told Emerson, I was like, yo, let's, 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 I've been feeling this a while. Let's jump in. And, 
but also just knowing the Holy Spirit can, you never know. I love that. We never want to get set in some regimented way where he can't come in. But yet, hey, officer, how are you? So thankful for you guys. Man, love you guys. Yes, indeed. Man, so grateful, looking so clean in the uniform. I love it. So thankful for them, for real. I know um, myself and our leaders, we've been pouring into the, uh, is it, but William would know better than you guys, the sheriff. Is it different department? Is, is, it's over the same department. Nice. Yeah. Um, an online Bible thing with them and with you guys. I don't know if you've ever been in that one. You ought to join it, though. we got some loaded leaders pouring into you guys. And I remember the first one I did, it was like 7 a.m., all the officers were in there. Such an honor. So thankful for you guys. And, and the chaplain, he, he introduced me, and I, I didn't know if I, was to, if I was supposed to go camera or not. They had theirs off, and I was like, let me just, I would want to see who I'm listening to. I'm very visual. I was like, I'll just put it on for them. I was like, y'all do whatever you want. And uh, just went, man. I was all over the place in the Word and all this. And at the end, the chaplain, amazing man of God, he tracked the whole time. He re-preached back to me what I preached, basically. He was following. And I've heard the same from uh, Chris, Tom, and William. So we're just so thankful for all that uh, you do in the region and, and thankful for you guys. But, um, but yeah, on this series, I've been feeling it. And, uh, but just know, too, if the Holy Spirit jumps in, any you guys know that. We're like him. And we may have guests come in. We'll just see how, it, how far it can go. But... The title of it, and we got a graphic and everything, is called The Counterbalances of Knowing Him. Throw that up. And uh, isn't that pristine? That's E-Man. Uh, he doesn't know I call him that. Emerson, uh, Judah, I'm like, bro, E-Man. When he does something awesome. I'm like, bro, E-Man's got it. That's my nickname for him, but I love Emerson. But he's just uh, so creative, so anointed in so many ways. Many people don't know this, but I was preaching up in Indiana years ago when we, we first kind of crossed... Um, the Huffs, and um, they had been following us for quite some time. I had seen them in a glory night, so I'm really good with faces, uh, names. It takes me a minute, but I had seen them, you know, Jackson and Emerson, since way back in the hunger, and I remember seeing Emerson out there weeping in the presence of God. And, and then I was in Indiana when they did COVID, and so they put us in some tent, and it didn't really matter. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's way more contagious than some COVID? Just want to help you free up in the Word. <laughs> You, you know, and people are nervous about that, but you get the Holy Ghost in, he's way more dominant. He'll blow through sickness like that never happened. Very contagious in a good way. Anointed will just blow through. He'll back. She won't know what happened. And so we kind of treated it that way. Anyway, they put us in a tent, which was cool. Some rainbow appeared over the building, all this. And, uh, and I'm laying hands on people out in the grass. Was anybody at this by chance? Oh, no way. Yeah, a few people. Yeah, and... Uh, Wow, several and so I I got Emerson. I was like, bro, come lay hands on, on people with me. And he he came and and we're blowing through the crowd out on this beautiful grass. We were right by Notre Dame. I don't know if you guys know um, Indiana, wherever we were. No, I remember it was, I used to say it sounded like tongues. The town's like Mushaka Shakalaka or something. <laughs> yeah, what is it called? Mishalaka, yeah. That's totally tongues. Mishakalaka, Indiana. East Bambramba. So anyway, left of the tent, it was a beautiful plush green grass. I was like, Emerson, bro, uh, come with me. How many of you know often the anointing is caught, not so much taught? Jesus said, just follow me. A lot of people want books and notes, but sometimes just follow people and watch them. When God's called you to something, follow and watch. 
They'll be teaching too, but a lot of things are caught and just following. Senator Emerson's with me, and glory was flowing, man. Bodies falling out like dominoes out in this beautiful grass. They just fall out and like float in the, just laying in the grass. And uh, Emerson was, bro, people were getting rocked. Emerson's flowing in the anointing and, and all this. But anyway, um, the counterbalances of knowing him, and our plan is, again, as long as we, we stay in it, to kind of put the counterbalance topics or focal points in each scale. We'll go there in a second because I don't want to kind of build it. But I've been sensing this, like I said, for since wait, you know, a while back now, and I'll hit it. I've been hitting it in our school even for quite some time, and I'll touch on them, but not really intentionally focused on it in this way uh, as we will be. But I'm seeing in um, the church, in my own life, where we don't intend to, I've never really seen ill intentions by our heart, but we, we run into truths that are in God, in him, his word, as we should. But for whatever reason in the season we're in, that truth really is, it's opened up and revealed to us in a real way as it should be. But if we're not careful, sometimes we, we so adhere to that truth alone, we neglect the counterbalancing one that keeps us in fully knowing him. And it can actually be very detrimental. And you, you start to walk in balance in God on a truth, and you have the verses, and you know the revelation, and God showed me in a dream. And, and you build your whole life around it, and God's like, yeah, but I'm also this, and they're both true. And you need them to, to be whole. And so my whole um, intention in it is I'm excited about it, and no, I'm always preaching to me, usually from experience where the Lord had to balance me and where he's continuing to balance me up. Um, but that we know him in a, in a full way, you know? And, and I think really another thing that's going to happen by default from it, how you doing? You come on in, find a seat. Good to see you. We're family here. Super laid back. You want to come up front or wherever. Um, is that the spirit of understanding uh, comes in, in these type narratives. It really, I think, is going to bring a spirit of understanding because when you don't see things fully, you typically misunderstand. And one of the spirits, I believe, is absolutely crucial in this last hour. One of the main keys you see track the last days is, is misunderstanding, deception. People get off, and they'll marry one truth but neglect the other. And you just walk through like that, and you, can, you keep claiming your Bible verse that you know, and the Lord's like, I know, but I'm this. I'm very bridegroom king romantic. I know the intricate details of your heart, but don't get it twisted. I'm judge. I'm super merciful, but I'll bring judgment in a heartbeat. You understand? I'm a shepherd. I'll go find the one, but also I'll tell the rich young ruler, go sell all if you want to stick with me. Like he's, and I've just seen this. He's, his loving kindness leads to repentance, and people will build ministries off of it, but godly sorrow does too. Amen. And so we, I'm telling you, when this fullness hits, you just come upright, and you're, oh, and you stay with Jesus. You don't get thrown off. And so... Um, I'm seeing them all over the place, and they're really rich and full and good. And what usually comes in the picture when we kind of set the atmosphere for this is, as I mentioned, the spirit of understanding. And I love that. Now, many of you know, I had a dream back in, um, I think, 04. I think 04, where um, William J. Seymour, how many of you know of William Seymour, an amazing man of God? Okay, good. From way back God used him to start the Azusa Street Revival. And many of you know this um, experience that, that have been with us for quite some time. Well, he came up to me in a dream. He's one of my heroes, by the way. From Louisiana, 
Centerville. I'm, I'm from Baton Rouge down south, down at the bottom of the boot, but way up in the middle, Centerville. And he was in the kind of his older age. There was gray hairs in his beard, and he walks up to me, and he was very distraught. He was just, um, and is it okay, too, if we carry over into next week and see, because I don't want to be, yeah. That's what's the good thing about a series is, too. I would do this in our schools. We, we just go till we go, and then we pick up next week. Okay. Um, but he came to me super distraught. You could tell he was bothered to the greatest extent that you could be. Very distraught, an amazing man of God. He said he would pray, put his head under a box and pray until the cloud of glory would come in the room, like a physical cloud. That's coming again. So if anybody's got any religious hangups, we're not the house for you. Just being honest, because when, when manifestations start coming at that level, people go, ooh, hold on a second. What kind of cult is that? You know, I want, I want everything just like this. And no. Heaven comes in. His order is not worldly order. His order is often mayhem down here. His order typically looks like disorder in the earth, but he sets it in order to his kingdom, and, and, and that's what we prefer and want. So anyway, he'd get under a box, pray, didn't give a rip who showed up. He needed him cloud would come in so thick they said the kids would play hide and go seek in it. The Bible says that the, the priest could not bear to stand to minister because of the glory. The cloud came in and uh, powerful miracles. I don't think we've seen anything since that day. It's just common knowledge. The, the notable miracles back in A.A. Allen's day, William J. Seymour, black man, incredible, gray in his beard. He could only see really partly through one eye and his last name is Seymour. <laughs> this is God for you. He's got, he's just got ways. So, um, so yeah, but he, he, uh, he walks up to me and everybody knows the revival lasted three years and just shriveled up and, and, and um, dissipated. And you always wonder why. And so we were coming up on the hundred year anniversary that, and he actually had a hundred year prophecy that there was going to be more that the world hadn't seen since their day. And just to let you guys know, uh, just a lot's coming to me. Uh, in prayer years ago, when I locked up for that season, I went into a vision where I saw the people from A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe, their day. Everybody called it the Latter Rain Movement. William Branham. These miracles were profound. Not that it's about that, it's about him. And when his kingdom comes, you can't deny these things just start to happen at, at a level you ain't never seen. And I, what I love about it is when the fear of the Lord comes in, the supernatural hits an all-time high because the Lord can entrust the vessels he's coming through. Read it every time. In Acts 5, it says, the fear of the Lord gripped them and great signs and wonders came. So when we can yield unto the fear of the Lord, heaven breaks in at a whole other level. So anyway, but uh, everybody knows, just if we're honest with ourselves, nobody has seen that level of glory by display. Now, I believe a lot more depth and intimacy for sure. Revelation and knowing God, um, hands down, it's, it's only gone glory to glory. But I saw them running. They had the attire. It was even black and white, how you would see old films from that day. They were running, sprinting into our day to see the move of God that came. Running from theirs to get to ours, to show you guys where we're heading. And I believe it's going to be sooner than you think. And then if we haven't been preparing as a personal wine scan and corporate, you won't be able to handle it. People are going to get, they're, you're going to fall off. The Lord will not waste wine. Not that kind. If you have a hole in your vessel, he'll skip you. Hands down. He loves you. You're saved. Jesus holds in his hands still for you, but I'm telling you, you can get missed. 100%. Yay. <laughs> it's like, all right. So that went really goosebumpy, but you know what I mean? 
Uh, anyway, he comes to me. He goes, um, he just looks at me. I didn't say a word like I probably would not in real life because he's just I'm like it's William Seymour. To a basketball player, it'd be like Michael Jordan. And I'm, he's just super distraught, shaking his head. And he said, had I only known, these two phrases, I'll never forget it. Had I only known, I was just confused. And then right when he said that, he turned to this antique slot machine. I knew it was from his day. It was probably about 100 years old. Wooden levers and mechanisms, it was, it was ancient. A uh, slot machine where you see numbers and fruit like you, like you gamble on. How many of you gamble? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I was hoping nobody raised their hand. Uh, caught, caught you. Um, <laughs> but he pulls the lever. Had I only known, I was just confused. He pulls the lever, and then I'm watching the numbers and the fruit rolling, and it started to slow down, and I knew, like I know my name, it was about to stop on three sevens. Uh, people don't realize this, but this triple seven thing has been with us since way back. It was um, passwords, we had hats, all of it, and then here we are at the address, and there's just so much there. But anyway, right when it, I didn't see it stop at the three sevens, I came out of the dream, and his emotional state, this is the best way I can put it, was supernaturally overimposed upon me. It came on me. And I'm so distraught and like, no, like I didn't see whatever. And I couldn't figure it out. And thank the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke so quickly with this interpretation. It's not always that way. He said, you were looking into his hour, his day, and they were so close to seeing the seven spirits of God. Three, when you see things in three, it often highlights the spirit or the spirit of God. Triune, you know, Godhead. But it's three sevens and it was a prophetic symbolism of the seven spirits of God. You see that all throughout the Word of God. And he says, you were looking into his day, and as it was about to stop, they were so close to seeing the seven spirits of God manifest fully. Jesus walked in this fully all the time. He says, but they didn't see it, but your generation will. And uh, right when I, I heard that, the, uh, it, it lifted, and great joy came upon me. And I know we're not, not there yet, but one of the main spirits was the one I believe they were lacking, and it was the uh, spirit of understanding, because, and one's a spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord's with that one. There's just so much there. But had I only known is the lack of the spirit of knowledge, and that's massive. That, that's, there's intimacy. There's the fear of the Lord there. That's massive. That's a whole other thing. But I was just confused. That's the lack of the spirit of understanding. When you're confused, you don't understand. And I can't tell you how often, even myself, for many years, you, you don't know it. Your heart's gold. You intend well. But you walk in confusion. You don't understand. Things are off just a bit. You have one truth, and it's so real to you, but we don't understand the counterbalancing ones. And that's what I hope to kind of dig into over these weeks, and we'll see where I'll go. The counterbalances of fully knowing him. Okay, so... This first one is on um, vision and obscurity. We can put those up. Yeah, there we look at that right in the, the plates. So cool. I think we'll do this week to week. I'm kind of guinea pigging it right now. But um, so the vision and obscurity of God. I just want to talk about that this morning briefly from my heart and. I think it's so helpful because I, I think I'll show you by way of scripture and 
areas where we tend to lean heavy on one side or the other. God knows that he loves you. We know it at times we love each other, but it still doesn't mean it's optimal to know him fully. And so um, first verse, I want to highlight, you can go to Proverbs 29, 18. Like I said, some of these, these have been rolling around in me for a while now. We'll just pick this one to start where there's so many different ones. But talking about both the vision and obscurity of God, now he's a master at both, uses both to take us along the journey in knowing him. Proverbs 29, 18, many of us know this verse and love it. It says, where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint. Second half, but happy is he who keeps the law. Many people, by just memorization, the main one you hear quoted is the King James Version, and it goes, where there is no vision, the people perish. How many of you have heard that? Powerful verse, and this is what I'm going to emphasize first. We have to have this. This is God. This is no part of knowing him. Vision. This is a massive one, but you'll see so fast, almost heavier in scripture, there's an obscure side to him. And if you marry one or the other, you're going to get hemmed up and tripped up and, and you can get derailed. And I pray we'd be like, oh my gosh, they're both God. You know, I remember t- talking recently, I say recently, it's been a little bit now with our students about the specific voice of God and generic, and he does both. He'll be like, hey, Go. You're like, where, God? Just go. Have you guys ever had that? Just leave, you know, or something, or, or stay. You're like, man, I love specific. Like, tell me A, B, C, C and a half, and then D. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but it's, it's so helpful when you start to see this in the Word of God. Like, oh my gosh, this is Him too. Like, this is Him. And then when you're in a season of obscurity, you don't get all thrown into shambles, like you, you don't get disrupted, you know, like, oh my gosh, he's just got me here and he's deepening me. Um, but in the specific voice of God, David did that one time. He says, hey God, shall I go up? God goes, yep. David was like, thanks. Um, <laughs> where, Lord? Lord's like, Hebron. He's like, okay. And so even that's a whole nother thing. Like sometimes you will only, God will only answer you according to how you ask. Ask generic, he'll answer generic. Sometimes you ask specific, the Bible says in James, you have not because you ask not. If you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom, you know, and so there's a whole thing there. But in this, I love it because it says where there is no revelation or vision, the people uh, perish or, or let go of restraint. And the picture there is if you study it out, to let go of restraint means to no longer restrain something or hang on to it. It means to let go or let loose. And so what the Bible is basically saying is, I was trying to think of a a visual for you guys, like let's say, you know, we're all climbing a mountain together, ascending the hill of the Lord, and the top is the goal, him. The top is his will, his destiny for our life. And you have a rope to help help climb. Have you guys ever done the rock climbing or any of that? Judah's, I've seen Judah do it a bunch. She's amazing. It always hits the bell at the top. Me and Zoe go, yep. (laughs) We sit on the bottom. We go, good job. Dude, amazing. Let's go get something to eat, you know. <laughs> but like, say you, you have the rope, and then you, if you start, and this is why this is healthy and biblical and true, and Jesus does this plenty, but also he on purpose hides in obscurity so, so much. And you'll see here our human nature, we love this side, 
And we don't mean to, but we gravitate naturally by human nature and flesh to, to vision. So I'd always want to know what's coming. What's in it for me? Where's the reward? Where? And a lot of times he'll hide all that to see what you're really about and deepen you. And, and if you don't know that about him, I've seen it so much with so many for so many years. Soon as vision gets blurry, which God does, people let go of restraint. And then they go grabbing for another something. And, they, and what happens is they'll just repeat the cycle. And then you go, what happened to so-and-so? I don't know. They just kept letting go of restraint. And they end up going nowhere. I'm telling you, I've seen this so many times. I just, I think, I was telling Judah this other day, I think far too often we just think God, you hear so much of God's so good. He's the author and finisher. And he is. Those, those verses are in there. But he ain't going to finish if you let go of restraint. He can only finish what you adhere and stay faithful to. You know what I mean? And so I just think a lot of times we think destiny is just going to happen and fall on our laps. And it's the Bible says actually quite the opposite. It says many are called, few are chosen. Many go the way of the broad path, few find the narrow one. Like the odds in the Bible don't line up with how we preach quite often. A lot of us just think we're going to fulfill the will of God because we show up on Sunday or read the Bible day to day. No, there's a lot to it that also is totally relying upon us, and, um, and it's, it's just good and healthy in Bible. So anyway, you're holding on to a, a rope. <clears throat> you can see the vision up top. But the Bible's saying here basically is people, when they can no longer see the goal or the vision, often they'll let go. And you, you begin to veer and get distracted and get derailed in life. And a lot of our, we call them wilderness seasons, where just you let go of restraint. We create our own wilderness seasons. Well, the Lord's just teaching me things. He's like, no, I'm not. I told you clearly up front, and along the way, I, I made things obscure to test you. I sifted you, and you let go. And that's why I'll go, I was going to save it later, but listen to the second part of this verse. People, nobody knows the second half of this verse. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. You need the entire verse. Nobody knows that. Everybody cherry picks. People perish without vision. True, but the, basically what the Bible is saying here in this verse in context is, hey, yeah, people need prophetic vision. Give it to them. But you know who's really happy? Those that don't, they keep the law, which is the word of God. It's Jesus. They just do what he told them to do. Give them prophetic vision along the way. Glad to have it. That's, that's a luxury. But if you take it, happy is me because I keep the law. I don't come off of it. I know what he told me. I know he hasn't spoken a long, long time, but he doesn't need to. I have him. It's not even about the vision. It's about he who spoke the vision. So big difference here. And so, you know, I want us to hear both because they're absolutely both God, but I think sometimes we don't catch the other half. Hence, nobody knows the second half of this verse. Nobody will ever quote it to you. They don't know it's there. But the balance really is is saying, yeah, people cast off restraint, but get, you know who's really happy? People who keep the law, which New Testament translation is the word of God, and he is the word. It's Jesus, and it's really good. So um, we'll keep going. Habakkuk 2.2. 2. Many of us know this one's really good. So talking about vision and how, how drastically it's needed. <clears throat> you guys been eating, eating good stuff? Come on, while everybody's turning their pages. Yes, Lord. Habakkuk 2.2. 2. 
Hey, them new shirts are amazing. I don't have one yet. I need to get one. I, I saw it on uh, Tommy, bro. I was like, we got mountains on top of mountains. <laughs> it, it, you know, the Ascent logo is the mountain of the Lord, the hill of the Lord, but his back's like mountains. It's like, you know, I could see the logo on the, on the like his traps. It was like so awesome, but I got to get me one of those. Those are so sweet. Anyway, Habakkuk 2.2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. There's another really, really good one. Again, commending, affirming, putting absolute focus on the need of vision. We got to have it. We need it. But also there's a heavy emphasis straight from the Lord where he goes obscure. And a lot of us don't know that. And it's so helpful when you know that you go, oh, when the obscure seasons come, you're like, oh, this is absolutely the Lord. I've been here many times. Listen, he's got, I love the envelopes. I thought about this in prayer. It's funny. I was praying in tongues this morning. I heard something. Uh, I heard, thank goodness, because it was a delivery truck guy. I didn't realize Zoe had texted me because I was praying in tongues. And, but I heard the truck. <clears throat> Dude gets out. I think he was even going to knock on the front door. And... uh Dreadlocks, gold, black dude. He's amazing. I was like, I was like, what's up, man? He uh, sweatpants, Crocs. I was praying in tongues this morning, you know, before I got dressed up for church, and uh, and uh, it was awesome. Somehow the conversation went quick, and I began to get to witness to him, and and I was like, yeah, man, I um, really out there, you know, to the age of twenty, fell in these drugs and met the Lord, got born again, gave my life, and come on, that's what's up. <laughs> Yeah, dreadlocks and gold teeth, and it was awesome. And he goes, man, I've been feeling I need to do that. I said, oh, yeah, you do. He goes, I feel like I'm a, I'm a teacher. I said, yeah, you are, man. This generation needs you. And I started getting a witness to him. It was pretty cool early this morning. I had coffee breath hitting him in the face with it. And, uh, and uh, I said, yeah, I got a buddy. He's actually got dreadlocks just like you. He didn't know I was talking about a white, white version of him. Tom White. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, Said, yeah, man. He, oh, that's why. That's why. He says, Yeah, how did you get into what you do? You, you went to school. You got to do that. I said, Not really, man. I said, That was my journey. I said, and that's, what, that's why I went there. I said, Not really, because he wanted to teach and be used by God. I said, Nah, man, you just follow God. That, that just was in my journey. But um, got a buddy. That's where it came from. He's got dreadlocks just like you, and he didn't go to any of it. And God's using him, and, and uh, it was super precious. He left. You could tell, like, joy hit him. Just, he goes, See, I've been, people have been telling me that. And I ran into you like that. I said, yeah, man, you stick with this. He goes, God bless you. I said, yeah, I appreciate it. <clears throat> but um, how did I get on that? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> just, just the rabbit trail. But bless him, Lord. Uh, what was his name? You know, get him, Lord. Let's pray for him real quick. Maybe I just thought, yeah, Lord, touch the FedEx driver with the dreadlocks and the gold teeth, Lord. Bless him. I say, destiny, come forth. Mark him, Lord. Mark him, I pray. Uh, in Jesus' name. But um, Habakkuk 2, 2, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Um, this is maybe vision or something in for his life. I'm not sure, but it, we need it. Um, thank the Lord. He's so heavy here, so heavy here. He's just not only there. And that's what I don't want to happen is um, I, had a, I have a scale uh, I may try and bring in here. It's like a full size. You guys may remember from our studio years ago. But it, when it goes lopsided, we, um, we get imbalanced, and, and it's just not helpful. Because you can cause yourself hang-ups and misunderstandings and casualties in life that are just not necessary. 
And Jesus walked in the spirit of understanding. Understanding, it literally means, if you break down the word, to stand under everything. You see it all. Like a cake. You don't just see it from the top and see the icing and the cherry and think, is that chocolate or vanilla in there? You ever done that? you like, I got to cut it open and see. You stand under and you see every layer. You know why it's that way. You, you stand under things. And so the Lord, there was never an instant, a situation that he approached that he didn't understand. And he constantly, that's what a lot of ministry is. It's just bringing understanding to things. It, it's freedom. It's truth. And um, But I love this one because it says, you know, make it plain. Write the vision down. Make it plain on tablets and actually, the way it truly reads, I love the Amplified. Uh, I'll quote it to you quick. It says, so that the one who reads it will run. Um, a lot of times you can read through it quick and think, oh, write it plain on tablets so he can get the message clear to somebody else. But the way it actually is interpreted is whoever gets the vision, make it so plain that when they see it, they go, ah, oh, and they know they can run with it. It's, it's like this, like if I was to, you know, tell somebody, you know, hey, here's a job, paint a house. You know, many of you know I used to paint. And when you finish painting this house, if you start today, you know, hopefully I don't mess up the sound, down here, when you finish the house here, you'll get paid. And you make it really, really clear. Well, whoever it is, they're going to know this vision's clear. If I paint this house, when I finish, I get paid. They're going to work they're going to focus and run with it. They're going to run till they get to the goal. Whereas if you say, hey, there's a house, start painting, and we'll just see what happens. You don't know the vision. You don't know where it's going. So again, I'm, I'm emphasizing vision and the need for it. Then you think, hmm, okay, I'll start painting. But if you get a text message, you think, I don't know if I'm getting paid anyway. Like, what are we doing? You go off, take a lunch break, start getting distracted, chasing a butterfly. I don't know. People that know the vision, that when I end, here's the reward. They, they'll run with it and stay the course till they hit the goal, the finish line. It's like running a race, whatever it may be. So that, that's what that verse means. But where I'm about to go into in a second is the Lord often in obscurity to deepen us and sift us often. And he's okay with either one. We must know this. Because know this, he's going to have a bride and a people ready for himself in the end that he's preparing. And there's a standard he never lowers the bar for anything. This can apply in so many areas of life. I tell my children, I say, look, excellence is the bar, not easy. Never easy. If it's harder, the hardest possible, excellence is the standard. Not easy over excellence. You start making those moves, life's just, no, or whatever it may be. You can apply it to so many things. So the Lord often will do that. And if we don't see it, we'll just quit and get derailed. And wait till something falls on our lap or, or is clear. And so here's some verses quick before we jump to obscurity. And then we'll pray. Oh, yeah, also, we're going to be taking communion. William's going to lead us in communion at the end. It's going to be powerful. So I want to encourage you to stay for that. I believe there'll be healing in your bodies, uh, freedom. And as we, most importantly, just come into union with the Lord uh, and take communion. But watch this, quick verses. You don't need to turn to these, but just examples of how, ah, let me. how do I know him in, in this context? And we'll just follow it week to week, that the Lord is absolutely into casting vision. And that's an absolute truth. But also there's a side to him very quickly that goes to obscurity. That's where I was going to get at earlier. I thought about this. 
It's like the Lord has two envelopes he'll hand you in life. Sometimes he'll give you the envelope with the clear window so you can see through it and know that's a check and I want to open that one up. Or know it's trash mail, throw that away. Whatever. And he'll let you see into it. You have an idea. But also he will most certainly give you the completely sealed envelopes. They're obscure. He puts no return address on it. It's even the secure ones, you know, you can't see through in the light. You ever done those? You can't see through them. He uses those all the time. And a lot of times, if we're not careful as believers, we go, oh, I don't know where that's going. I'm not sure, Naomi, with Orpah. I'm about to tell you that it happens all over the word. They're all in there. And when they're given the obscure envelope, they, they come from the Lord all the time. I don't know. I like the windows. I want to know. I need to know, does it check off my list? Is it going to be for me? And when do I get there? And how? And where are we going? Always. And you got to babysit them all along the way. The Lord won't do that. And and don't take this the wrong way, but we're not the house for that. You you probably already got that if you've been with us for any length of time. We're not the babysitting type church. We uh, Honestly, the Lord's checked me sometimes in a loving way. He showed me in a dream like, hey, because sometimes I'll tone it back the other way on anti-hype, all that. We don't do all that. You know, like the YouTube thumbnails, I'll like, oh, to get a bunch of clicks and views, like, oh, you know, or whatever. Like, like, no, we keep it super just raw and organic. We're not trying to let the Lord lead you or not. We're not trying to. But he's, he, when I did this one dream, it was good. He, he talked to me in the way he knew I would understand. It was with fishing. He's like, man, sometimes I catch fish, though. You, gotta, you need to use baits that for, for the lost and things. And I'm like, yes, Lord, because I'm real like, hey, I'm super organic, and however the Lord will do it. But the Lord, he's got these sides, and he'll absolutely cast vision. And here's some quickly. You don't need to turn there. Revelation twenty two twelve. this is the Lord talking. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. To give to each one according to, to the merit of his deeds. So you'll see the side to him come out a lot. Like, hey, I'm bringing rewards. I'm coming with me. Stay faithful. You'll, you'll be rewarded in the end. Keep going up the mountain. Romans 2, 6 through 7. God, who will render to each one according to his deeds... Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Luke 6 in regards to giving. Give and it will be, this is all the Lord right here. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We love that verse. But you see what he's doing here? He's saying, hey, if you give, let me cast the vision for you and tell you where it's going to, where you're going to end up. You're going to receive. And that's good. That's a side to him. He does it all the time. But a lot of times, if we're not careful, especially just know this culture, it's 100% top-heavy this way. Businesses run that way. The kingdom does not run that way. It runs off of, of a counterbalance of knowing him. He runs his kingdom. So sometimes we don't know it, but the world system creeps in, and we think the kingdom should be that way, and it's not at all. He's never going to steer the ship of his kingdom to align with the world. You can just see it in the world. Like every year, there's some new fad of clothes. They're constantly getting you. Fast food's always got some new thing they're showing you to keep you along. And this is where it's going. And businesses have to show you the next thing. He does not do that. And I'm just being honest with you. Often churches will babysit. Uh, that was a little strong. Sorry. <laughs> they, they'll. It's real though. Yeah. Okay. I want to be tactful and loving, but you, if we're not careful, we just shouldn't do things the way the Lord wouldn't. That's all I'm saying. Because you can just start to always just tagging people along because they got to know what's to come. When a lot of times he's trying to sift people and take them into deeper maturity by the obscure way. And it's so helpful. Um, And actually, one thing I've learned, I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes, 
is the deeper we go in God, actually it frees him up to cast more vision. Typically, the only reason he's got to hide things in obscurity is because we're not deep enough yet to handle it. John the Beloveds, he shares all the details with because they don't care about the vision. Their heart's not so hooked there. Where are we going? What's in it for me? What about my call? Those type of people, until that dies, he'll keep hiding, he'll keep giving you obscure envelopes until it gets that out of you. Does that make sense to you guys? And it's so helpful. When, when all that dies in you, which he's done this to me repeatedly over and over and over through the decades, you just, he starts, he can share with you anything because you're like, that's awesome. That's a luxury though, but I'm with you. Wherever we go, none of it matters anymore. I'm, I'm dead to it all. I'll never forget, um, he did this years ago when I was building custom homes. We might go a little over. Is that okay? You guys want to stay and get a break? No. You're good? Okay. <clears throat> um, building custom homes. We were still in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'll never forget, there was a, a development called Carriagewood Estates. So on Hushutu Road in Baton Rouge. Hushutu. That's another tons of one. Hushutu. Um, I remember David Papa VC be like, who shoot to when he'd come visit me? But who shoot to wrote Carriagewood Estates. And um, me and my father were building in there. We've built quite a few homes in there. And um, I remember because ministry was starting to unfold slowly, but I was still building custom homes full time. Started preaching in 06, and then just it went from there. But it was. I'll be honest with you guys at first, because I went to Bible college, the, the plan on out from there, life just went on. And at first, I, I burned and wanted to do what God had for me. And ministry was definitely on the forefront of my mind, because I knew he'd called me to it. I just didn't know when. And he had me building homes for, for years, about a decade. And so he had to kill that in me, thank the Lord, and just teaching me so many things that I learned by character so much. And, um, but it was getting close, I could tell. So I remember specifically waiting on the Lord one morning. I said, Lord, how long, I just don't want to miss you, how long am I supposed to stay in custom homes and jump full out on ministry or whatever? And I, I saw a pair float up before me in prayer on this instant which I know is the fruit of patience. If you ever see a pear, just get comfortable. <laughs> Hang tight. So a pear, you know, Jeremiah 1, the Lord says, Jeremiah, what did you see? He said, I saw an almond branch. He said, you've seen correctly. I'm watching over my word to perform it. That's what you want to see. But I saw a pear. So I knew, okay, good. I'm just, I don't want to miss the Lord. Years pass from, from the pear. Just stay faithful. How many of you know the generals, I touched on this before, the generals just stay faithful doing what's right. They don't need to make anything happen quick. They just get up every morning, stay seeking God, stay doing the right thing over and over and over, and they never come off of it. Anybody that's anywhere in God, you'll always see a history of just the right decision for years and years and years. You know, the fly-by-nights the fly by nights that pop up overnight, they're usually not kingdom-built. And um, so anyway, years passed, and now I'll be honest with you, I just died to it all. It got to the point where I was like, man, making good money, love Jesus more than anything, hungrier than ever before, but I don't even care no more, Lord. It's because so many years had went by, I'm talking 10 years now. That's another thing I want to point out is God, biblically, if you look at the Bible, he typically operates in increments of decades and some. We are six months or more. 
It's, I'm telling you. And this just helps when you know these things. You start looking at the Bible, you go, wait a minute, Jesus was born. He came into the earth and all of heaven split open. Angels, glory to God on the highest. They told the shepherds, this is a big hoorah. Then all the earth goes silent for 12 years. 12 years, you don't hear anything. The Son of God's in the earth. I'm thinking, the Bible, you're leaving us one book. I want to know every detail. When he was two to four years old, when he got up and prayed, all of it. How much did he study scriptures every day? None of it. God just went, went blank for 12 years. All it says in Luke 2 is that he, becomes, he became subject to Mary and Joseph. He submitted. He who knew no sin submitted under sin. And then grew in stature and wisdom with favor. And that's it. And then it just goes silent. This is the God we serve. I think it should really free us up because I'm telling you, we're very much this generation. We don't know it, but it gets in us. And we're very much, and that's how you get derailed. When God's like, he'll speak to you something and go silent and obscure for a decade. And he's with you. But um, 12 years, we, we get a window back into the Lord's life. It says he was in the synagogue and, you know, it should have been about my father's business. You should have known that. You guys remember that when he was 12 years old. Silent for another 18 years. Then 30 years old, he pops on the scene. Like, this is how the Lord typically works. And um, yes, he's speaking along the way, but, but you, you get the point. And so, um, but real quick, back to the, to the vision, Galatians 6, 17. You don't need to turn there, 6, 7 through 10. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. So these are the vision type verses. They're all over the word. Very helpful. Very helpful to you and I. Matthew 16, 18, one of my favorites. Jesus, one of the greatest vision casting moments ever over a disciple. He says to Peter, and also I say to you, you are Peter. He re-identifies he re him by name. It says, on this rock, you, Peter, I'll build my church. That branded Peter. From the Lord's mouth himself, he says, this is what I'm doing with you. I changed your name, and I'm going to build my church on you. That's the greatest vision you could ever know. And, and so this side to the Lord. But then quickly, um, oh, yeah, the, the house and carriage would, uh, sorry. But I'm praying, years past, I died to it all now. If I'm honest, I found a sweet spot, glory, rich presence, don't care. I'm when The sooner we'll get there is where destiny switch it turns on. I'm telling you, as soon as you die to it all and the care of it, that's when the destiny switch turns on. It's like the wrestling with God and Jacob. He'll, we wrestle with God so much, but just let him touch your hip. When we finally get the hip and just get, get a limp from God, it's like then he can call you. He can change your name. But we wrestle so much. God, when? Where's the vision? And this is what I'm saying. Often he'll, he'll hide in obscurity. He'll often cast the vision to get you on track, but then he'll hide and see how you're going to, you know, fare out. So anyway, I'm building this home, and then I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're in this development. See the pair? Got it, Lord. And then I'm praying again, because now I see where the, just the sheer practical things are starting to go at ministry. But, and I don't want to miss him is all, but I'm starting to die to it. I don't care. I'm just obeying. I, I don't care. Just obey, do whatever you want with me. And 
I go into a vision in prayer because I'm specifically holding this before the Lord. I want to encourage you guys. Habakkuk 2 also says, I'll wait upon the Lord to see what he'll say to me. Sometimes you can literally hold before the Lord one thing and just stay on it. And he'll, he'll, say, he'll say to you very clearly what, what you need to know. And I'm like, Lord, we're years past now from the pair. How long till I'm supposed to, I just don't want to miss you. Just, just tell me, I'll stay in building, but you, you know, because I don't want to, because of lack of faith either, because I had bills and all this, kids are in private school. And all of a sudden, I go into a vision on this one. I go into a vision, and I see myself building a house in Carriagewood Estates, the development, and the Lord spoke to me clearly in this vision. He says, you'll, that last house you'll build will be in there. And it came out of the vision. I said, okay, got it. That helps. Problem was, we were building in there right then. So I'm, we finished the house. Nothing changed in the natural. I was like, Lord, okay. And this is, the, this is what he'll do often. He'll speak, but also he'll, he does obscure. <clears throat> so I just stayed steady and doing what was right. Three years passed. I forgot about the vision. I'm still building. Three years passed. Hadn't ever built in that development again. We're building all over. And all of a sudden, some clients come in. My buddy Ryan Gill, if they ever see this. We went to high school together on the... BC days, but he, um, <clears throat> amazing, amazing man, him and his family, they come in the office, they want to build this, this nice custom in there. So I'm going over the plans. We're about to start the project and boom, light bulb went off. I said, oh my gosh, I think this is it. This is the house. Years had passed. He had shown me three years in a vision and still three more years. I'm telling you, the Lord moves in years. That's why I love Habakkuk 2. I saved the second half for a second. It says, yeah, write the vision down plain. So he who gets it will run with it. And then though it may tarry, in the end it will speak. It's just like write the vision. Uh, sorry, without vision they perish, but he who keeps the law is happy. And so if you go prophetic vision alone, you're not going to be happy. You're going to get thrown off. And so uh, help us, Lord. I, I pray it be said of us that we're those companies that are just in it, man. We don't let go of restraint, whatever that looks like. I know seasons change and the Lord does what he does, but in him, you guys hear me, in him. And um, so we're building the house. I'm going, oh my gosh, I think this is it. Build it start to finish. Literally the last day we, we finished that I could take you to it. The promise to live in there. And um, <clears throat> the, but still in the natural Ministry was picking up, but it was a big leap of faith. So even then, I locked up. David Papavisi, the only one that knew this, I locked up for a weekend to double down and make sure I was hearing. Because at that point, though, just so you know, all those years, it just killed it in me. I didn't care anymore. And I pray, you know, that we'd be the people that, again, we love vision. We see that side to God. But if you still need it always, there's typically something in us that's not dead yet. And that's why he's got to pull the obscure card until it dies. And then once it's dead, he can show you everything because you're after he who gave the vision, not the vision. There's a big difference. And John the Blovers are that way. They don't give a rip about what the vision is. Give them a broom, preach to crusades and millions. They don't care. They're like, you're there, good. You're, you're here, good. You're everything. Nobody knows me. Everybody, who gives a, you're there, Lord. Oh, this is the vision? Cool. I love the vision, but you're there, right? You said it. Good. I'm good. And man, it's so freeing. And then you're like, hey, Lord, give me whatever envelope you want. If you're on the obscure ones for 10 years, I love those. Those are my favorite ones. 
you know. So it's really freeing, and it's so, so beautiful in, in him, the, the, the counterbalance of knowing him. So I, I locked up that weekend. He spoke to me actually very clearly out of Habakkuk, and I knew, I said, oh, this is it, man, because now I so knew the other. I had a system flowing. I had custom homes rolling, subs, and I was running stuff. I had a sweet locked-up place in the Lord, raising my kids, just doing what's right. Nobody knew me. I don't, who cares? And... Now he's telling me, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, I got bills and a cushion here and all this, and I had to jump off into nothing. But he took us, and then that was on year, many years ago, and then you know through the years. But uh, I want to quickly back the verses of obscurity and then land it and pray, and pray just, just mark us and free us, get in our heart and bring that balance. And, and it's so good. But watch quickly. You don't need to turn to these. Um, Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search it out. But I thought concealing stuff, I need vision. Otherwise, I'm going to perish. He's like, I know that, but also I'm the God who it's my glory to conceal it. And it becomes your glory to search it out. Another one's Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says the secret things belong to God. Those secret things revealed, once they're revealed, if they're revealed and out in the open for the public, they're not secret, but they're secret. Once they're revealed, they belong to you and your children forever. It's, 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 it's funny, I was preaching in Columbia years ago, and just prophetic flow was flowing, and, and I hit that verse, and out of nowhere, I've never done this before since I said, who's 29 in here? Because it was 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29, we're in a room packed, and Two young ladies just pop up right by each other. The two, only two 29-year-olds in the meeting were right next to each other. And, um, but it's a verse that highlights the secret things of God. It's his glory to conceal it. Um, Abraham, first Abram in Genesis 12. I touched on it earlier, 1 through 7. You don't need to turn there. God says to start his whole life off, he says, Hey, Abram, leave your family your father and all of them, and just go. He's got Sarai at the time, uh, soon later changed to Sarah. I told you guys about that little sweet Sarai for, oh, she's beautiful, little precious black baby girl. She's on my Instagram somewhere, but her name is Sarai. But he says, look, go and I'll show you. I'll make you blessed. There was vision, but go where? So he says, they just went out and started heading there. And they, they run into Canaan. God spoke to them, but they just kept going. So went to Egypt. They're just kind of out on a journey. And this is where God can get obscure and just, just check you where you're going to go. Ruth 1, 11 through 14. I'll read that one quick. It's powerful. You don't need to turn there. Watch what Naomi says. But, but Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Listen to this kind of vision casting. So powerful. So encouraging. And I'm all on board for this type of stuff. The Lord, I'm telling you, he often will go anti-vision. He will on purpose cast anything but that and make it sound very hard to test you and see what who, he'll sift people. This is the Lord. And we think he's constantly going to silver spoon feed us with vision and what's next and where's my next prophetic sign? Don't, don't get it twisted. He's not that type of God. Not for where we're trying to go. I'm just being honest with you. There's plenty of movements that do that, and they f- constantly babysit believers, and co- it'll be good. And he, th- this isn't the Lord I know in, in Scripture. But Naomi, listen to this vision casting, super solid. 
Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me to Ruth and Orpah? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight, should also bear sons. Verse 13, would you wait for them till they were grown? Basically saying, look, you come with me, there ain't no future. Ladies, turn back. I'm telling you, turn back. I don't know where I'm going. There's no promise of any future. But a whole book's written about a young lady named Ruth who, who chose God. And there was no vision. But, but without vision, people perish. Really? Without God, people perish. And again, I just, that's why I highlighted first vision. We need it, but happy is he who keeps the law. You build your life around that only. But you're going to keep letting go of restraint and needing another rope to climb and another vision. Wasn't it? You know, trust me. And I just want to encourage you guys too. We're not the, we're not going to be, y'all know that already. We don't do that. Um, it's funny. I was on a television network one time and they is a lot of us and, and, uh, I'm just super real, just super chill. I'm, I don't do all the, yeah. So they come out during the break, they're liven it up. Come on, you know, do all the, and I'm like, no, I don't do all that. If they want to listen, the anointing, the word, we do spirit and word. We don't do, over to you, Tim. You know, like, I don't do all that. <laughs> it's funny. One of the television networks, they're probably going to hear this, but oh well, that, that we're on out there. They, uh, they reached out recently and they were like, hey, yeah, you could do, you know, want a video for something like that. I was like, Judah, we don't do that. <laughs> like, anyway, you can catch us on these networks. And I was like, no, we preach the word. And, um, but the Lord is, often, you know, in this way. And so watch this. She's like, look, girls, I'm telling you out of her really loving heart. She's like, there's no future where I'm going. I, I, you at least know something that way. And we don't realize often the Lord, this is what he does. And we we're if we're used to only the diet of prophetic vision alone, we will always bite and you can miss Boaz's and, and you just don't want to do it. So um, it says, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Verse 14, then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and Ruth clung to her. Orpah went for what looked like vision. Ruth clung to her. Um, next one. Matthew 8, 18 verse, uh, through 22. Turn to this one, please. This is really powerful. This is where the Lord starts doing it. And I'll be honest, maybe I just see them more, but it's almost a little more heavier, this lean from the Lord. Well, yeah, he'll totally cast vision. He loves it. Uh, Matthew 8, verses 18 through 22. We're going to land it here pretty quick. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to, to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. So Jesus said, awesome, because if you do, I'm going to set you up so good and bless you. And you're like, no, you wouldn't believe. If I, I created the, the ground you're standing on. This is what we do. We've got to keep stringing people along with vision. The Lord doesn't do that quite often, actually. And I think it would behoove us to just deepen in our understanding and knowing him and realize, oh, yeah, often he, he actually goes opposite of casting vision. 
and um, to just check us and take us deeper. And, and uh, anyway, it's so beautiful. So it says, and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Meaning, and he was just checking him real quick. He should have followed. He would have tapped into the greatest life he ever knew called destiny. That's what he was born for. But he fell for the, wait a minute, we're not staying at the Marriott tonight? Wait, no pillows? Like, hold on, what are we eating later? You know, what? Jesus said, look, foxes have holes, birds of the nest. I don't even know where I'm laying my head tonight, homeboy. And the guy's like, and sure enough, you never hear of the guy again. He goes, oh, really? Just told him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And the Lord's like, we'll see. He goes, yeah, you're, you're the one I need to give an obscure envelope to. Well, wait, where's the window? Is there a check in there? I'm just saying, man, help us, Lord. Don't, don't always need. It's really beautiful. We do. It is. It's him. I love it. That's why I built there first. But also happy is he who keeps the law. And I'm going to share a couple of stories quick, if you'll let me. Uh, okay, because they're personal, and it was what he did. I literally, there's an envelope he gave me in 2000 that it just opened last year. And he hid it from me for all these years and I, he, because I, I, I couldn't know. What is that, 24 years? He's a decade God, and that's so fast to him. And then another one. So anyway, um, but watch this, verse 21, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. That's tough. But no, God's good. He loves family and he cares. Yeah, he does. But he right away, he knew where the guy's heart was. And then the guy, you never hear of him again. He's going, whoa, I heard amazing things about you, but you don't care that I get a last moment with my dad. And Jesus is like, if you only knew, I knew your dad. I created purpose on him. I knew why he died, when he was going to die. I know everything about him. Get your priorities straight. There's a side to the Lord. It's very beautiful. It's mysterious. You don't always know, but I'm telling you, he, happy is he who keeps the Lord, the law, the word. Um, John 6, 53 through 66. So proud of you guys, too. Back-to-back weeks, they were, our guest speakers were loving the pages turning. I love that. It's so awesome. So proud of you guys. It's like, that's my family. Bibles. John 6, um, 53 through 66. I probably won't read the whole thing. Then Jesus said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This is the greatest vision-casting session you ever saw. Encouragement to follow me. He's doing anything but that. It was really powerful in Bible college. Uh, Dr. Bob Gladstone, he was the dean of our school, amazing man of God, right under Dr. Brown. He would always say this phrase. He'd say, so many people want to be washed by the blood, but so few want to drink it. (laughs) It was powerful. It was like, oh, that one stung, but meaning the cost of following him. And a lot of times the Lord's, we're so hung up on like, yeah, but where and what and how are you going to use me and all this? And he's like, you really want to follow me? First off, I don't even know where I'm staying tonight. Second off, got to neglect your family, and, and I love them more than anybody, but meaning I've got to have your heart over them. You know what I mean? A third, on and on and on. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. There's a cost. And um, 
We'll jump to 55. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. 59. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Jesus said hard things. 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to him, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascended where, where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who, he did, not, uh, who did not believe and who would betray him. Don't ever get that twisted too. The Lord knows. He's not going to let you know that he knows what he knows. He's just going to set the standard and let it sift who, who needs be. It's really good. Uh, verse 65, and he said to him, therefore I've said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Here it is. Uh, from that time, verse 66, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. He sifted the crowd so fast. Wait, 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 boys, hold on. There's a big ice cream cone around the corner. We've got soft serve. I'm, I'm teasing, but like there's some big vision or reward. No, he just said, good. Is that too heavy? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so beautiful though, because when we know him, like, you know, and then Peter, they didn't fall for it. He's like, man, you got the words of eternal life, because happy is he who keeps the law. I don't need vision. It's eat, eat, drink your blood. Be used, amazing. None of that matters. So it's it's about adhering to he who cast the vision, not so much the vision. While yet he loves it and he does it. Thank the Lord. I'm for it. So um, I love Second Corinthians five seven. You don't need to turn there. It says we are to walk by faith, not by sight. We all know that verse. Um, man, there's another one. There's so many more. I, I won't. And there's so much notes here, but I'll just share a couple of stories and we'll we'll land it. Um, yep, so this one, um, the, the, a couple of them, another one reminded me because I was just back up there, but the one I was telling you guys about, it came in a dream, the, probably the most prophetic dream. How you guys doing? The kids section. How you guys doing? Where are you from? Here? Okay, sorry, I didn't see the children yet. How are you doing? What's your name, buddy? Fist bump. Look, my, my buddy, Ben Fitzgerald, he does this. Watch, you got to do the fingers after. He goes this, potato fries. <laughs> How are you doing? You're beautiful. Uh, anyway. But, um, yeah, so I had a dream. I'll be quick. Bible College, 2000. I went 99 to 01, Brownsville, Pensacola. Go into a dream, profound. Actually, David Popovici walks up to me. I won't tell you what all it is, but he told me a, a, a mystery and actually, in the dream, it had hidden the name of both of our firstborn male childs before we were even married. It was a mysterious dream. I know. I, 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 it, the Lord allowed me to unlock that piece. That was it. And it literally, it, it had me. Because I, I was pursuing, there was a thing I knew in this dream that was to watch a mark in time. And literally, only till this last year, we're talking within the last few months, did the envelope finally open. I had no clue. He hid it from me all that time, and the timing is pristine. 
I wish I could explain it all, but my point is he gave me a dream back in 2000, 24 years ago. And it was obscure and sealed. And had I needed vision alone for that envelope to be open, I would have gotten derailed a long time ago. But, but you, you, happy is he who keeps the law and the word and you follow him. And so just, it has been a mystery. And, um, 24 years later, he just opened it up of what, what I know now to, to come. And it's just, it's incredible. But another one, this is a good one, a little more fun. And, uh, we'll land it and pray. Oh, four, I was praying, uh, in my office. I was still in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I went into a really profound vision. Some of you have heard of it that have been with us for any length of time. And I began to see these two tornadoes come at me. They were massive. Um, I mean, it made the trees and power lines in the vision look like little monopoly pieces. They were really massive, two of them, equal in stature. And they were coming at me. And I knew, thank the Lord, this vision had the interpretation um, in it. I knew the one on the left was revelation. The one on the right was power. And when they came, they formed one tornado that sucked me into it, and I began to spin around in this tornado, and it shot me out of all places to Pennsylvania. And then I began to hit all over the U.S. like a pinball and then out to the nations, and I came out of the vision. It was very strange. So it was so real, though. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening tomorrow. <laughs> you know? You guys ever had those? They're so... Oh, and, and that's why often... Actually, let me read that to you. Habakkuk 2, please. Or if you're not there, you don't need to be. Uh, th- that's why it's so key. I touched on it earlier. It says, for this vision is yet for an appointed time. We love the part where it says, make it plain. And that's the vision casting side that God is. Thank the Lord. He's just not only that. He's not only that. He's, oh, I thought I had something that was just, yeah. Uh, but he's not only that. He's, he's also obscure. So he makes it plain. We love that part. We love without the vision, people perish. But we typically don't read further. And it says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, number one. And look at this. At the end, it will speak. Wait, so it doesn't speak all along the way? Nope. Quite often not. It gets made plain up front and then just go. Keep the law. And in the end, it will speak. And what we do is if we're not careful, we let go of restraint before we get the speaking at the end and we wait for the appointed time. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I love the prophetic. God speaks so clear. We, we, are, we are that in this house and you know, we all know this together. We, we're hearing real clear dreams, visions. God's speaking all the time. But I'm trying to emphasize a point aside to him that really matters and is biblical as well. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. So there's both. So I go into this vision, I'm thinking, oh, this is happening tomorrow. This is 04. Years pass. Once again, to the, I felt like, man, it was so on the Lord's heart to make it so impactful. The vision just wrecked me. But this is how he is. Angels bust out the heavens. Glory to God in the highest. Peace unto men. Angels telling shepherds, I mean, this is it. Get the parade heavens here. Silent for 12 more years. One little window. He's in the synagogue. 18 more years. Like, this is how, how God works. Quite often, and um, years pass. I'm traveling now in ministry. Things are progressing, whatever. And an invitation opened up to go teach at Randy's school, Global Awakening, up in Pennsylvania. And I hadn't been to Pennsylvania since the vision. And I thought this may be it. Seven years later, 
it's almost a decade. Had the vision in 04, 2011, an invitation comes. I'm going to teach up at Global Awakening. And I'm thinking, this might be it. So I'm praying. But again, just to remind you, seven years pass. Like, we got to get more this way. We're seven-month people. I'm telling you, like, get away from that. Let the Lord help you realize I love obscure envelopes. I love clear window ones. I love, I love him, fully him. And um, so I'll never forget, I was working out the day before. I'm going to be flying out the next day at a Planet Fitness, Segan Lane. Anybody from Baton Rouge will know what I'm talking about. I'm walking out the gym, and my sister-in-law at the time, she texts me. She says, hey, aren't you going to Pennsylvania tomorrow? I said, yeah. Um, I'm typically the guy. I don't check all that. Like, I'll, I'll pack right before. Zoe's, she's the planner. Thank the Lord in our family. And uh, she goes, are you going to be all right? Did you check the weather? I said, uh, now, remember, this tornado in, enveloped me, spun me around, spit me up to Pennsylvania, and then like a pinball, I went out to the U.S. and then the nations. And... I was like, no. She goes, there's crazy weather going on up in that area. And so uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to fly out. I said, okay, wow. So I looked. Lo and behold, I had a picture of it, probably one of my old phones, but the entire U.S. was crystal clear. Not a cloud in the sky, no rain, nothing. And from New Orleans down in Louisiana, where I was flying out at, directly up to Pennsylvania only on the entire U.S. weather map, was this band of nothing but tornadoes going from uh, Louisiana straight up to Pennsylvania and like almost spit me up. You know, it was crazy. It like fulfilled itself seven years later. Go up there, teach exactly how it happened. That's where traveling, I traveled for a decade, still do, but I'm, we're in a different season, dialing it way back, but to the states, nations, and been doing that for a decade. Um, but my, my point is like he'll often make it plain up front and then like the house building one, whatever it may be, and then often go obscure and sometimes check you in that way and just know this can be God and we need to be so thankful and not get derailed so easy. And I would encourage us, that's what I want to do as a leader as well and, and co-ambassador you know, ambassador with you guys is not mislead us. Like I don't want us to be those people that are really always having to be spoon-fed and babysat and just putting candy along the path, all the, the Lord doesn't do that. He'll often pull it all off the table and just watch you and make a real, and even the disciples says, that's a hard saying, what you just said. So much so that so many left. He goes, now, now I'm working with what I got. And, and this is like a, a definite side to the Lord that's healthy and good.